Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. James, how are you feeling, James? You're, you're a 49ers guy after yesterday's victory against the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I was stressed out the whole, the whole <laughs> end. Hell yeah, Jay. I was stressed out because I was thinking, man, they're going to get some lucky touchdown, and then they're not going to go for the extra point because their their kicker is horrible. Yeah. And I was like, go for they're going to go for two, and yeah. they're going to beat the Niners in the final seconds. Um, my honest opinion, I thought Kyle Shanahan just got outcoached so badly early on. Like, he wouldn't open the playbook. He was way too conservative. And Dallas knew it was almost like they had their feed. Dallas knew every single play that was coming. Oh, Dan like, Quinn. Dan a guy Quinn was, was, was there was waiting guy. every single step of the way, and I just thought it was way too conservative. He was way too concerned about Brock Purdy making a mistake. And then as soon as he let off, it's like, okay, there we go. Like, you can go 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 win the game. Let the kid win the game. Mm. And, like, I thought he responded well. I thought, you know, the Kittle catch was incredible. Mm, amazing. Uh, yeah, but, you know, like, they were stacking the line saying, we're not going to let you run. So you're going to have to beat us with your young quarterback. And their young quarterback beat him. Underrated uh, move by Kyle. It was a minor one. I'm not saying it won him the game or anything, but it was, at the time, it was pretty heads up. Um, that pass Having play. someone rush against the center, Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, poor Zeke. <laughs> poor Zeke. Dang. He just got crushed. Dang, that's cold. That's awful. <laughs> but uh, the pass play for a first down right before the two-minute warning, mm -hmm. knowing yeah. that it's going to stop yeah, anyway, stop so get your best play in there. Yeah. Dallas was probably expecting him to run, so you had a one-on-one -on -one opportunity. And uh, the game would have ended a lot earlier if Elijah Mitchell would have gotten out of bat or stayed Why in was Elijah Mitchell in the game? So No, because he's a true. Because he can. But uh, he, Elijah was hot. Elijah yeah, Elijah. Totally yeah, he had a, he had a game. I, I think the, the, the running game wasn't stellar. But overall, between the two of them, I don't think it was bad. I also think it's tough to criticize Elijah Mitchell. I understand you got to be aware and you got to be you got to know the situation. But he's also in the moment. And he probably it's 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 I, I I don't think it's as easy as people think to he's thinking about fifty things he's realized he's got a little room I didn't I'm not going to kill him too much for not no, no, knowing no. hey you got to fall down no yeah. he thought he was going the distance he or at least he had that in his mind but you have to be in the moment you have to understand what the what's on the line because what he did is he left. 40 seconds on the clock. Well, shout out to the Dallas tight end who just gave it all back. <laughs> who, who, who didn't know, oh, who didn't know how, the, how the Jeez. out of bounds uh, works. You got you to be moving forward. Oh, yeah. Well, he got blasted. And, he did. And then the other tight end who didn't drag his foot. Yeah. yeah. Come on, man. man. I mean, at least if they did oh. that, they would. They could have at least thrown a bomb. Mm -hmm. But that was just Cowboys gonna cowboy. Horrible. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Really, really poor. It was it was that play that brought out the Ezekiel Elliott under center play. <laughs> I wonder what Zeke was thinking. <laughs> I I wish Zeke could honestly, I wish Zeke could just said, No, I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. What am I gonna do that for? Absolutely not. Put the center out there to be the center. Yeah, three guys play, lined up like that play was trash, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. There's always so much you could do in that situation, the but that play was garbage. The Cowboys rushed two and got to Dak Prescott in like a second and a half. Yeah. Like Dak Prescott, had, he had to throw a ten yard pass and had no time. <laughs> People saying he was well, it was supposed to be a lateral to to Ezekiel Elliott. How? <laughs> How did Mike McCarthy think that was going to go? Did they just think no one would have uh, was going to line up opposite? I don't know. Of him? I, I have no idea because you know that one of the options is going to be him. So you could you could have seen like a hook and ladder to him, but he was ineligible, so he couldn't 
catch a pass. He could catch a lateral, though. Yeah. He can't catch a pass, but well, he could catch a That means he would have had to go behind. That's right. <laughs> like, Come on, man. what were. Come on, like, man. he's seven yards when, ahead of him snapping you, the ball. When you think about how the Cowboys have lost their last two playoff games, both <laughs> against the San Francisco 49ers, that's pretty amazing. It, it, that play, and then you have the Dak Prescott draw. Oh, my God. I watched that. I watched that again uh, before the game yesterday. That was did, so bad. Did you get so, – so you watched the whole thing? I watched that play, yeah. Didn't – I if look, because I think they showed it, or maybe I saw it on a clip making fun of the Cowboys because there was a lot of that going yeah. on last night. I partaked. The referee kind of tackled Dak Prescott <laughs> trying to set the ball. Well, yeah, well, that's – when that's what was so – ridiculous from the Cowboys Dak goes down places the ball down yep. and lines up no you That's can't do that, that works <laughs> you can't do that Dak should have slid found the nearest ref tossed no. it to him yep. and then got set <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's your own fault you got in the ref's way you shouldn't have been there <laughs> yeah it was messy even the the end of the first half Shanahan just like what was it, 28 seconds, 24 seconds, they let roll off the clock? I, I what didn't, were they doing? I didn't like that. Here's what he did. He explained it after the game. His mindset, whether you agree with him or not, was no matter what, they can't get the ball before the half. I would be, he said, I don't know if this is a quote, but essentially he was saying, I would be fine not scoring if it meant the, the most important thing was them not having the ball before the half. But that's okay on the first snap of, you know, of the drive. But once you start getting yards, like your mindset has to change. You can't just be in some weird box well, thinking, oh, we can't let them have the ball with 20 seconds left. They could score. Like you had an opportunity to go down and score a touchdown, but you didn't give yourself any op- the, the chance to do that well, because the, you kept doing weird stuff. Well, the killer, the killer was the second down play. So they get like nine yards on first down. They hurry back up, no huddle, get to the line. They're going to hand it off. Typically, you get a first down, and then maybe you get a timeout or whatever. But on that second down play, they got stuffed, and now you're looking at third and two with like 50 seconds left. It's like, all right, well, say we call a timeout right now and we don't get it. We're punting the ball back, giving them 40 seconds left. So he wound that down to like 30 seconds, then called the timeout. And he talked about he was like he was he was like transparent about it in what I read. But he's like, I understand. Like I understand fans being like frustrated with that. Like I get it. But the way that I looked at it, the most important thing was they didn't get the ball back. And we could say that's ridiculous, but it happened to him the game before with the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks had the ball with like mm-hmm. 15 seconds left. Personal foul. They kick a field goal to, down to one. Uh, at the yeah. end of the half. So that might have been in his head as well. No. Yeah, I can see that. We've learned James doesn't like Kyle Shanahan here to start this. <laughs> I like Kyle Shanahan. I just think that he really James is conservative. He is very, very conservative, and we hear all about this offensive genius stuff all the time about him. And then I thought the Cowboys' defense was really good yesterday. I thought they played. Good. Yeah, I thought, I th- I thought really so too. Good. But I also thought that they knew your playbook. You you weren't creative at all, and you were super conservative. And at some point, you were going to have to put the ball in Purdy's hands and ask him to win the game. Well, you know what? They probably did. I mean, Dan Quinn hired Kyle Shanahan. Mm. So Dan yeah. Quinn probably knew all the tendencies. When Kyle Shanahan coached Kyle. the uh, Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> Dan Quinn 0-0 in Super Bowls yep. uh, in his career. Never lost. But, Never lost. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they, to your point, uh, James, they probably did have a good idea of what was coming or what was like – Here's how we're going to defend Kyle. We talk about basketball and other sports. This is what they want to do. Don't overreact to if they do something one time or whatever. This is what I always tell you. Like, I used to say this about the Warriors. They want the three. Don't give them the three. If they blow by you a couple of times, don't overreact to that. They want the three ball. And that's probably, you know, in this case, Dan Quinn was like, Kyle wants to go in the middle of the field. I'm not giving you the middle of the field. Do you figure it out some other way? But I'm not giving you that. Well, he didn't want them to run the ball. I mean, he wanted to stop yeah, he the run. The box, yeah. I mean, it was very apparent. That's all you had to like, and that's why Kittle was wide open in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. They're stacking the box, making sure that you did not get anything going. 
So, yeah. And that's great strategy. That's, that's the way I would defend the Niners. Yeah. You're listening to D'Lo and KC along with James Ham here on KIFM West Sacramento 98.5 FM KRXQ HD2 Sacramento ESPN 1320 driven by Lashers Elk Grove Dodge always live on the free Odyssey app live on twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320 youtube.com slash ESPN 1320 as well. You can watch along on Facebook live uh, if that's your vibe wherever you're at where we appreciate you for being with us. We got the Sacramento Kings and the Memphis Grizzlies tonight at 730 Uh, at the Golden One Center. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Uh, James, a couple of things uh, worth diving into here. Uh, As we look back at some of the games over the weekend, we had just mentioned before uh, the commercial break, Chimezi Metu, a part of shoot around, uh, questionable for tonight's game. I thought... Rashawn Holmes had an immediate impact uh, when he came into the game. And and I think there's something to be said for Rashawn, who had that big outing with Domas out a couple of games earlier, didn't play against Oklahoma City on Friday night, got the call in a game he probably wasn't going to get the call in when Chemezi meant to went down and stepped in and brought that energy and had an immediate impact. Yeah, and I'll tell you this too. Uh, we waited around for, for Domas late after the game. And he said that the team was pretty shook by the Chemezi situation. Mm. Um, and that's when they felt like they they allowed uh, they allowed themselves to like let up a little bit because they were like there was a lot going on. It was chaotic. And uh, that's again where they lost their lead and they allowed lead to be built against them. And so they were, uh, they he wasn't using it as an excuse, but he was also saying like, "Look, one of our guys goes down with a non-contact knee injury. We all know what that usually means. We are all, you know, we know sports. We know how much pain he was in. There was a lot of concern, and just mental focus shifted for a sec the wrong way, and they gave up, you know, too many points in the third quarter. They they let they got uh, kind of run over, and so I, I thought that was interesting. Rashawn is. You know, he just continues to be a pro. Like, I, I fully, when he uh, he talked after, what, the Lakers win, right? And he started to get emotional in postgame. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was, like, a really, really interesting moment. Um, he's a guy who's always worn his heart on his sleeve on the, on the court. And then when you see him, like, sort of understand what it means to get out there and play. But not only that, he talked so glowingly about Sabonis. And he understands like how good Sabonis is and how much he means to the team and how you can't be jealous. You have to be a good teammate. 
and just understand that you're a different player than he is. You're a different style of player. And so, yeah, I, I think he'll probably get like a little run here uh, with the opportunity to, to play with, because I don't think Messi will play tonight. M- maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he does. But I think that they're probably going to take a little bit more of a cautious approach to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then so I, I think it'll open the door. It'll open the door a little bit. Hey, that, that kind of brings up something that um, I wanted to ask you, James, is you talk about Sabonis' reaction and Rashawn's, um, you know, comments about Sabonis and things of that nature. Is this the closest team that you've covered, closest Kings team? Like, they seem like they seem like they're, like, really together and they really enjoy each other. Is this the closest team you've, you've covered? You know, it's it's funny that you ask that because I'll tell you that the age of COVID has changed everything within the locker room. So normally, like we talked about this before, it's really hard to get a gauge on a team when you aren't there inside seeing, you know, what's happening in pregame and stuff like that. Like I, mm-hmm. like when it's a bunch of 20-year-olds and 21, 22-year-olds and they're all messing with each other the whole time, like this team has had moments when they're they've been very close. But at this point, we get to see them after practice and we get to see them, you know, sort of doing their drills and they do seem like a very tight group. But I think when you like again, the locker room is a different place. And since COVID, you know, we were locked out of the locker room for like two years. We're back in now. Um, but it's different now. There there might be one or two guys in there at a time. And that's if there's anyone. Sometimes it's just Alex Len sitting there on his phone. Um, sometimes Casey Akpala comes in. They also they at six fifth at six ten. So we're allowed in between uh, five forty five and six fifteen into the locker room uh, in pregame and even in postgame. In postgame, we walk in the locker room. There's no one there. Like we have to wait forty five minutes for someone to come uh, back from getting treatment into the locker room, and then they go take a shower, and then they come back in and they talk to us. Mm-hmm. So we might get two guys. It's not like what it used to be where we're like literally around these guys all the time. Uh, so, yeah, I think they are close from what I've seen, like as far as, you know, during practices and the way that they talk about each other, the way that, you know, it's very, uh, it's a very like close-knit group, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that having a bunch of guys who are 24, 25, 26. Uh, you got a handful of guys on this team that have either babies or babies on the way. Um, that's something else I'll say. Like the assistant coaches on this team, it's like every single one of them has two or three kids. <laughs> it's the cutest thing. You walk into pregame and there are little two and three and four-year-olds everywhere. <laughs> so this team has a family feel that's mm-hmm. totally different than anything I've covered, especially like when I talk about how I, I just think Luke made a huge mistake early in his coaching career at, well, with the Kings. When he was with the Lakers, he got lambasted for having too many close friends on his coaching staff. So when he got to Sacramento, um, number one, they wouldn't let him pay for Brian Shaw at the time. And so he had to hire a different assistant, lead assistant. Um, but the group was a bunch of people who did not know each other, and you felt it the whole time. This group here, I mean, you could see all of these people having like family play dates and stuff because all of them have kids that are the same age. They're all, and it really, when you're going through similar things in life, it, you kind of get tighter. You, you glob onto each other, your wives hang out together. And so, yeah, I I think this is a pretty close group overall. Uh, Before we get into some of the games over the weekend, particularly Saturdays, um, the trade today, Rui Hachimura, uh, with the with the Los Angeles Lakers from the Wizards to the Lakers, there were reports early, early, early this morning that perhaps that might be something Sacramento was involved in before the deal with the Lakers was ultimately done. Did you hear anything about that over the course of the last day or so? Yeah, I don't know who reported that um, this morning, but I will tell you, it was that very generically referenced to hoops hype. Oh, there was no. It was not referenced to any specific reporter. It was according to Hoops Hype. Okay, well, I will tell you that I heard on Friday night that they had called on him, um, Mm. on Rui, but it hadn't gone anywhere. Mm. And so, like, whether they're in on it or not, like, look, I think that this team is going to be active. They're going to be aggressive going out and looking for players. (laughs) Rui is another guy who's 24 years old, right, who fits right into their age group, but is he the right fit? And how much money is he going to want this summer? And you've already had some of those cursory talks. Like, 
you you at least know what his agent is looking for. So it's a it's a lot different. Like we're we're hearing that Jakapertl wants uh, like twenty million a year to start, right? Mm-hmm. Like going next year. So when you match that with the Spurs asking for at least one, but probably two first round picks to get him for a rental, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm not even going to go close to that. But we hear this all the time. Like Rashawn Holmes' agent wanted twenty million bucks a year, and he ended up with you know, a four-year, $44 million deal or $47 million deal. So what they want, what they're saying they're going to get, all that stuff, Dante DiVincenzo allegedly had a mid-level exception deal on the table. Like, he, they knew that would be the minimum he would get, and he took a two-year, $8 million deal with the, the Lakers. He didn't even get one year at 10. Mm. So, I mean, not with the Lakers, with the Warriors. So, again, like, you have to... You have to do your homework on these guys. Rui's a guy who's had some personality uh, situations off the court. Like, he's he's had to take time away. He's not a great defender. He is a physical player. I like his game. And I think he probably would have been a really nice addition because he's a 3-4 that could have added to the depth of this team. And the cost of three second-round picks, like, who cares? The Kings have, they have five additional second-round picks between now and 2028. So I think we, me and Brendan were doing the math. I think they have 11 second-round picks between theirs and other people's between now and uh, 2029. And so they have plenty of ammo to go out and get him. They even have plenty of players that make around what Rui makes and could have made a straight swap. They've got trade exceptions that might have been able to work. Like there's a lot of things that the Kings could have done in this situation mm-hmm. if they really, really wanted Rui. Um, I just think that at the end of the day, you have to look at all of these pieces and like how much is he going to want as an extension and what does he think he's worth? Can you come to some sort of common ground? Is he going to be okay coming off the bench? There's so many different avenues that you have to look at. And do you already have something in mind that's better Mm -hmm. than this or that's different than this? And, and I think that that's probably where we're at. And, and with somebody like Rui, who I like as a ball player, I think, I think he can go. Um, you got to ask yourself, is this what I want to spend my capital on? And maybe they looked at it. I, we don't know how serious they were or deep they were into negotiations, but maybe they looked at it and they saw that price, you know, kind of what the Lakers paid for. And they're like, ah, you know, I think I may, I might want to shop elsewhere. I don't know. This is, this is all I have. I don't have unlimited resources like OKC or Utah. I got enough resources i know we kind of talked about it before james but you know something like that i got i got enough resources for one maybe two deals i don't know if i want to do it on on Rui. you know i think maybe maybe i'll keep my my resources and still try and see uh what's out there for me to get um, closer to the deadline yeah i I totally agree with you i mean that that very well could have been the issue Mm -hmm. i mean but we're looking at a guy who Again, 48, 57, 42, and 30 games in his career. Mm-hmm. He misses a lot of time. Um, and, he, like, if you are a team that you want to be good now, mm-hmm. it, he might not have been the player that you thought would make you good now. And and I'll also add this, too. I heard that, uh, and it wasn't an inside, sacri- like, inside the Kings franchise source. It was an outside source. Mm-hmm. And so, like, my job was to go and, and do more research on it. I didn't think that it was going to happen this weekend that he gets traded or this morning that he would get traded. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like, I don't know what the legwork is. And I'll look into seeing how close they were um, or how much they kicked the tires. All I had heard was that, like, yeah, they, they had made a call. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, th- if the Kings didn't make a call, then that would be negligent. Like, you at least have to kick the tires and see what's out there. And, and, you know, again, maybe you're right. Maybe three second-round picks was too rich. And they're like, eh, that's really not what we're looking to do. Um, And is he a long-term fit? Hmm. What stood out to you most on Saturday? Hmm. Um, They got their butts kicked on the boards. Mm -hmm. I thought that that stood out. Uh, the defense was was not great. Um, overall, though, I thought like the Kings were on the second night of a back to back, 
And I thought in the, the late third quarter and early fourth quarter where I <clears> looked <throat> at the team and saw that they had no legs, I, I thought Sabonis had no legs. So, But when I, I go back and I hear Sabonis say, hey, we were distracted, it makes sense. Because we had that moment where, was it Sabonis and Trey Lyles missed uh, mm-hmm. four straight free throws? Yeah. That showed me that either they didn't have legs or, again, they were distracted. They were concerned about their, their dude who had just went down. Um, so I, th- there was that moment from the end of the third and the start of the fourth where I thought you saw something was off or that they had just flat out ran out of gas. Hmm. And then I saw them recover and battle. And I was like, okay, this is it's interesting. It's, at least it's fun. I, I mean, the final play, I, I didn't... The two-minute report said that Sabonis fouled Montrez Harrell on the last play of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, come on now, like that's a it's a free for all. That ball almost got that almost went in, and then it would have been a totally different story. You would have had a team playing on the second night of back to back, going to overtime, and seeing if you got the legs to fight through it. Um, again, look at all the players for Philadelphia that fouled out, or that were on the verge of fouling out. Tobias Harris fouls out. You know, uh, P.J. Tucker was in foul trouble the whole night. Like, I thought the Kings were the aggressors for a good portion of the game. Just thought at the end of the day, I don't care if Embiid and and James Harden aren't there. That's That team is really good either way. They still have, well coached, you know, two like, seed right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a really, really good team. Just like the team that they're going to face tonight. If Jaw and Steven Adams aren't there, I think that's a little different because those are the motors that make that team run. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean Desmond Bain can't light you up for 45 or something. Like, I believe he's done that. Yeah. yeah, that Seriously. It's a talented team. And not only that, but look at how that team is built completely. It, we can go back to OKC game. OKC gave the Kings a run for their money because they don't stop. They play an entire 48 minutes. They make you play every single second in the final 90 seconds. Yeah. Like, you're going to get fouled, you're going to go to the line, you have to execute, you have to be in the moment, or they will find a way to beat you. Well, that's the Memphis Grizzlies in a nutshell. That's what Taylor Jenkins established with this team like three years ago, Mm -hmm. and now we're seeing like the grown-up version of it, and it's impressive. Like, this team doesn't stop, and they they have a next-man-up mentality, and they got a bunch of guys that every team in the league goes, hmm, man, I wouldn't mind having that guy. Deep, deep on my bench, Zyra Williams. Like, mm-hmm. all right, look at that. That's another guy I'd like to have on my team. Like, they have all these players that you're like, hmm, all right, I'm, I'm kind of down with that guy. Yeah. Sabonis absolutely committed a foul on that last play. I thought he did, too. He absolutely <laughs> did. He, like, hooked it. Hey, it was, yeah, I thought it was strategic. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was sneaky. It was one that you could get yeah. away with. <laughs> Obviously, he got away with it. But he absolutely did it. He knows I he did it. I we all know he did it. But You know, the, the funny thing about Saturday as well, and I don't remember the last time – I felt this, you know, when things were, like, really close towards the end or Harrison Barnes at the free throw line. I was like, just get to overtime. They'll, mm. they'll pull this out. Mm. They'll get the win. Just get to overtime. Find a way to get to overtime, and I think you'll pull this one out. Obviously, they weren't able to, but, um, you know, it goes back to where this team is and, and how we kind of changed our views of this team. At least maybe I have. Like, I feel like that's a team. While, while they didn't win, you know, I wanted them to win uh, – frustrating that they didn't they didn't win I think this is a team that can play teams especially at home even though the record is kind of you know closer to 500 than we'd like to believe they can play teams like that and get in a situation where if it's close I think they're gonna pull it out maybe some of that has to do a lot of that has to do with the way De'Aaron Fox plays in the fourth quarter but I always feel like in a close game they always have the ammunition to to pull out a close game I'll say this too like the one other thing that stood out was Harrison Barnes looked like he looks like he's never going to miss again. Like when wow. he's shooting the three ball, wow. it it looks like it's going in every single time, and most of the time it looks like it's not even going to touch the net. I mean, like he is he is on uh, like in the month of January shooting fifty one point four percent from three on six point seven attempts per game. And then the other thing is once again we had a moment where De'Aaron Fox who was really good in the fourth, who, uh, what do you have, like 14 points in the fourth, mm-hmm. I think. But Four he assists, set up yeah. Keegan Murray for that beautiful mm-hmm. three-point nice. shot that, again, him showing faith in someone that you might not in that situation show faith in, and Keegan coming through with a big bucket too. Yeah, I only chuckled because you're right. Harrison is lighting it up. 
That boy is cooking. That damn shot that would have put him up by three. That miss. Oh, the free throw. No. Oh. The three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did that hit rim? I don't think it hit the rim. The one where he's at the top of the key and they kicked it out. There was down two with like under a minute to go. Harrison shoots the three at the top. Of the, at the at the top. I don't think it did. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me of Kevin Herter's shot on Friday. <laughs> Kevin Herter missed a shot on Friday by like four feet. To your yeah. point, though, James, I thought – Oh, this, I put my threes up yep. in the air in Mastro's. Yep. Yep. I was like, oh, it's going in. And no. he missed it by a couple yeah. feet. I feel confident in his shot is the point, though. He's having a, just just a stellar, stellar run. Mike Brown mentioned Malik Monk in the press conference and addressing Malik's struggles for the first time. And we had a conversation about what that might look like because you can't, DNP CD Malik Monk. You don't have other alternatives. You need to find a way to gas up Malik Monk or 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 or, or go Phil Jackson and get him in the Zen or or, or whatever it Read is. This book. You've, you you yes yeah, something. Have him tweet. Do do whatever you got to do. But the, the the underlying point of our discussion is Malik's not a guy that you could take in and out of this lineup. Like we've seen his minutes fluctuate a little bit, but you don't you don't not play Malik. He's really close to being unplayable, though. No. Oh, unplayable? Not. James. Absolutely Okay, not. so so here's the they stats. They just won seven here's, in a row. Here's the Six stats. Over his last 22 games, mm-hmm. 22 games, mm-hmm. Malik Monk is averaging 11.6 points, 3.4 assists, two turnovers. He's shooting 35.9% from the field and 25% from three. That is almost so. What do you What are you going to do? You going to put Terrence Davis in there and say, Terrence, you're our guy now. I know, I know we benched you. We didn't believe in you, but now we don't believe in Malik, so now we believe in you. Yeah. So no, no. I think you keep playing Malik and you try to get him to play through it because what we've seen is bursts where he looks like himself, mm-hmm. and then it goes away. And it, to me, when it goes away, he misses one three point shot, and you're like, I even saw him going up and down the court like like beating himself up, like grabbing onto his head, like infuriated that a ball like went halfway down and popped back out. Um, I thought it was interesting. Like Mike said, hey, you guys are going to need to talk to Malik. First of all, Malik ain't talking to us. Like we've asked for him a couple of times and he's not talking for like, And I won't say that because Malik Monk is in the locker room quite a bit in pregame and he is accessible. So if I want to ask Malik what's happening, he might actually sit there and have a conversation with me. He also might not go in the locker room for a couple of days because of that, because he doesn't want to talk about it right now. Um, but uh, I thought it was really interesting that uh, Mike, once again, I thought used the media a little bit to to point, to say, hey, look, um, yeah, as long as he's doing the extra work and what he needs to do, as long as he's coming in and getting shots up when they aren't going in, and I was like, okay, wait, are you – are you like calling a guy out or are you not calling a guy out? Because it kind of feels like you're saying that he just now came in last night and did extra work and he was in here early this morning, but maybe he wasn't before that. And so like, I don't know what Mike's like point is there, but he, he also said, you, you guys probably need to go talk to Malik and see where he's at mentally and, you know, see what he thinks about this because, you know, like, look, I'm going to ride with the guy right now. I'm, he's not going to lose his job right now, but at some point, I have to make a business decision. That's what's best for the team. And as long as he he said, as long as he's doing the stuff to to get right, then I'm gonna ride with him. And I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? So I, I just thought it was an interesting exchange. And like, this is on the hills. Like, I'll tell you, December seventh is I don't know if it's the date that Mike Brown like put his shoe up on the on the media table and almost kicked the table off uh, the podium. Sixth man of the year. Talking about uh, Malik for sixth man of the year or what. Like, But it almost coincides with it perfectly where you're like, did did they kind of, did Malik kind of get too much pressure? Did he, like, is that what we're seeing now? And mm. I, I don't know. Like, he's a guy that's so happy-go-lucky. You need him out there. You need his energy and everything else. Yeah. But... I think as we get further and further along, like, man, he's got to do something that 
he started getting the assist going again. He started getting, you know, sort of others involved when he's in a slump. He started getting to the rack a little bit more. But, man, you can't shoot 25% from three for for two months. And he's shot that longer, you know, like we're, what, 45 games into the season. Mm-hmm. Half of the season, he has shot 25% from the field. Mm. And he's had two games, I think, where he scored 20 or more in that stretch. The 33-point game where he literally helped you beat the Denver Nuggets almost single-handedly. And then a 25-point outing where, where he was really good, too. Take those out. What's he averaging? Like eight points a game? It's not good. Yeah, well, I mean, the the job of Malik Monk, first and foremost, is to get get back into the groove, find a way to get back into the groove. And the other job is for Mike Brown to, I would say this again, maybe it's just my coaching style, maybe not Mike Brown's. Maybe he is doing it. We don't know. But you, you empower him. You find a way to get him back to that spot and not say, hey, man, you guys need to go talk to him. Or, like, if I'm hearing those things, I don't, I don't know if this is the case at all, but if I'm, I'm having the same thoughts as you are, James, when he's talking about, yeah, you know, right now, you know, his job's not in jeopardy. And if he, you know, does do stuff, like little little things thrown out there, it's like, come on, man, don't do that. Don't do that. That's that's how I feel. Like, don't do that. Like, find a way to, to get that guy back on the right foot the right way. Or maybe it's not the right or wrong. But I'm going to guess right that way. that Brown has already done all of that and that this is the stage three of his intervention. Again, like, I'll tell you, since that Denver game that we talked about, that was on December 28th where he dropped 33. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 8.7 points on 32% from the field and 22.4% from three. That's that's tough. Like this team needs everyone firing on all cylinders. And I think that his struggles have been overlooked because in that time, the Kings are, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They're four. Uh, they're eight and four, so people are like, "Oh man, this team is rolling." We don't. It doesn't really matter if Malik is firing on all cylinders. You're kind of overlooking it, but there's going to come a time where you need him. And you think if Malik Monk was hitting shots the other night that the Kings wouldn't have won? No, you would have won. I mean, you would have at least had a really good shot at it. But the fact that he goes three of ten and one of five from three, and the fact that he hadn't hit his previous three games, he was combined zero for nine from three. Like you get, you got to shoot it, man, and you got to hit it. Like we're we're past the point. I feel like he offers a lot when he's out on the floor too. I understand his scoring is important, and he's a playmaker. And I do think he has to be guarded. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. is sagging off of Malik. Like, oh, prove it. <laughs> I, I I think he's still guarded as if he's going to hit his next three shots, which has a certain value to the other four guys on the floor. Yes, yeah, like the knowing is half the battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> knowing he's going to be able to hit that shot yeah. sometime is like half the battle. And so, yeah, I, and I'm not saying, hey, dump Malik Monk. I'm saying like, look, it's our job when when players are doing great things to point out the great things, which I like right around December 7th, we wrote all kinds of positive pieces. I went long form on Malik Monk about how he's fitting in, how he's the the glue behind the scenes and all that stuff. But it's also our job when a player isn't living up to expectations to be honest about it. Mm-hmm. And like I'm not gonna hide from just because the Kings are eight and four the last twelve games or whatever, or eight and three, you know, like if a player is not living up to what he's supposed to be doing, we have to at least spotlight it. it can't just all be roses and, you know, purple lenses and we like roses and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I do too. Wife gets roses all the time. I was gonna say you probably have a rose garden. I don't know. I hate roses because they're an invasive species. Like oh my God. there are two things you never plant rose oh. bushes and mint. Never plant mint. It's the I love mint. I, I, okay. I, I understand this isn't the purpose of this show. I need further context. Mm-hmm. Why? Rose bushes? Yeah. Well both, quite honestly. Okay, so what's m- why do you hate mint? I love mint. I, I'm a mojito guy. I, I believe that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love having fresh mint. And as long as it's in a pot, it's okay. The second you put it in the ground, you might as well like write off whatever it is that that whole entire area that you planted it, it will never go away and it will pop up again and again. And it's invasive. It strangles everything else out. It smells great. 
Mm. Uh, but like if you have a small garden and you drop mint in, you now have a mint garden. Like oh it's gosh. it's over. It's on. Yeah. It's the same thing with it's like bamboo. Alpha plant? Yeah. It, it's <laughs> like bamboo. If you plant bamboo, uh, like you can dump diesel fuel on it and light it on fire. It'll be back the next year oh. like, hey, I'm back. Wow. Uh, roses, roses just take over. They're very, and, you know, they're spiky. And, they're spiky. And they just keep going and going. And you have to tame them all the time. And like, and. Getting a rose that looks like anything you'll find at a store out of your own rose bush, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. It's gardening with James Ham here. The gardening <laughs> yeah. beat. Uh, head over to thegardeningbeat.com. Uh, we'll come back. All right. We've talked about uh, the past. We've talked about the weekend. Uh, we'll talk about tonight uh, in the difficult matchup that the Sacramento Kings have ahead of them with one of their most difficult opponents. Uh, it's the Memphis Grizzlies, one of the top teams in the league. 7.30 start tonight. We'll talk with James Ham about that when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. to D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and KC on ESPN 1320. D-Lo and KC, you're on this 49er Victory Monday. It is for me. It's a 49ers Monday brought to you by Gilmore Heating, Air, and Plumbing. You get more with Gilmore. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Do we do we get we get even more from Gilmore because they beat the Cowboys? Okay. Well, okay. Well, th- there you have it. It's a 49ers <laughs> Monday brought to you by Gilmore Heating, Air, and Plumbing. You Let's get go. even more. With Gilmore, go, because boy. the 49ers beat the that Cowboys. That was so stressful. That was not. That was not enjoyable. That game was not enjoyable for me. I don't even know. You know what? I don't even know if I. I shouldn't be watching sports if it's not going to be enjoyable. That was tough to watch. I'm with you. <laughs> well, like, if you decide to do that, I, I really hope you let me know. <laughs> if you decide the stress is too much, and, and people were people were asking, it was very, um, it was very civil at at the at the house. You know, Kenny oh. did not sleep on my couch oh. last no, night. No, for those very that are civil. Uh, she she was talking to her aunt. I'm talking about uh, Jazzy Five One Zero, and she said, "Look, I can I can take a loss from the Cowboys. What I can't take is the Niners blowing the Cowboys out, and then Kenny myself walking around trash talking. That's when we're gonna have a problem. So." None of that really happened. She well, the blowout didn't happen, but there is plenty of trash talking going oh, she's on. She's not really on social media. Oh, okay. She probably <laughs> enjoyed the fact that you were like stressed out and struggling. She probably she's did. Like, ha! Ah. That, that, right. that was a win for her. They may win, but that guy didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> they may win the game, but in the end, I won the war. <laughs> yeah, we're doing dry January, and man, I really could have used a drink. That was oh, a tough. I didn't even think about it. Or like that. three. I probably yeah. should have had a drink last night, too. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Stressful games brought to you by McQueen and the Violet Fog, the <laughs> smoothest gin in the world, handcrafted in Brazil. I made a, what is it called, hammer, an aviation, an aviator, the gin drink. But the the dope part about it is it's 
light purple. Oh. I made the drink and poured it, and I was like, oh. You let the beam. So we were changing the name of this to to light the beam. Yeah, I see it. I see it. it Also, Damien got a chance to see the beam for the first time. I did see the beam. It was was glorious. It 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 was everything my... I, My heart imagined it was. We talk about it all the time, but it really is such a stark contrast between a James. You probably see it if you get out to Doko between a winning Doko and a losing Doko. <laughs> like there is that being has night brought day. so much <laughs> happiness. It's just a purple bundle beam of joy that yeah. shoots to the sky. Just brings an insane level of happiness to people. <laughs> I, I totally agree, and. It's strangely photogenic. Like, you wouldn't expect it to really show up that well on... It's on a very bright beam. Mm-hmm. Like, it stands... It's like, oh, that's not faint. No. And like, it, that's powerful. And this probably sounds ridiculous. Um, bear with me. It's like in 4K and HD. Like, it yeah. is a crisp purple beam. Like, like you just mentioned, it's not a faint light. Like, no, no this thing is like... You can see it. Yeah, that like when I was younger, I, I had a full dark room, so I, I don't like touching up photos at all. Like, if you're gonna take a picture, your picture should be good. You, you shouldn't like need six filters to make your picture <laughs> no look filter. good. So I, I'm one of those guys, and there are nights where I take a picture just with the iPhone, and it's so incredibly stunning that like they go wild on social media. But I, I don't get how it's so photogenic because you're taking a picture at night. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's able to hold the color so well, I, I'm not even sure. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. It's amazing. The yeah. beam is happiness. Hopefully we see it tonight. Yeah, I hope the so. The beam is happiness. But this is this is just a, a brutal matchup uh, for Sacramento, James. What What is it about Memphis? Oh, that's Perfect. a nice picture. Perfect. That's a nice picture that James is showing. Yeah. Uh, YouTube and Twitch and Facebook Live. Sorry to the wonderful people listening on the radio and the Odyssey app. Sorry, uh, James that, has man. no love for you, but that's a beautiful no love for picture. You. That is a beautiful picture. My girl Rachel takes the best oh, pictures of the beams. She absolutely takes the absolute best pictures. Um, why is Memphis such a brutal matchup for Sacramento? Because they have the one player. That Sabonis can't push around, mm-hmm. and that means that everyone else sharp can't either. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, I think they're like DC characters that can't push around Aquaman too. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, like he's just so incredibly huge and strong, and like I, I totally dig Stephen Adams. I remember when he came through for his pre-draft workout when he didn't have the long hair and he, he almost it looked like he had a crew cut. And, you know, he's coming out of pit, and he's just this big guy with just the, like, thick, thick uh, uh, New Zealand accent. And just a Got super— Got kicked in the Kiwis, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He's just a—he's a joy, like, to be around. He's a good dude. Uh, he's built like a, like a house. Mm-hmm. And so Sabonis can't push him around. And actually— he pushes Sabonis around on the on the board. So, mm. I mean, it's hard to imagine that Sabonis, you know, had, what, 14 rebounds last time they played and got out-rebounded by a nine mm. and got killed on the offensive glass when yeah, he's the best defensive rebounder in the league. Steven Adams had almost that many on the offensive end. Yeah. yeah. That was a topic of discussion this morning. It's that the guards have been letting the bigs down, the guards and the forwards, like, they need to go in and, and start grabbing some rebounds as well. They need mm-hmm. to take that stress off. It can't just be about Sabonis like grabbing every rebound. We saw Keegan Murray step up and have two double doubles there. Then he comes away with like a three rebound game. It's like, hey man, it's got to be every night. And the same for the guards. The guards got to go in there and mix it up. And uh, Herder's not been known as a great rebounder throughout his career. Fox was a really really strong rebounder in the first like. Uh, two months, three months of the season, but he's faded a little bit on the rebounding side as well. They need everybody to go in and and grab rebounds against this team because this is a tough team. Mm -hmm. They're physical, and they know exactly what pieces that that they're looking for, the personalities that they're looking for, and they attack the draft better than anyone that I've seen in a long time. The way that they've built that team is like some strange trades, like the Vucevic for, uh, that's what it was, right? Uh, yeah. No, no, it's um, it was, um, it's in New Orleans. Uh, 
Yeah, Valanchunas. Valanchunas. Valanchunas for Steven Adams deal. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. I think Valanchunas is a better player. No, Steven Adams is the right player for that for that team. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, Brandon Clark, just a oh, great fit. Yeah. I mean, to to get uh, Desmond Bain in the second round. Yeah. Uh, Ty, is it Tyus, Tyus Jones, Jones that yeah. they have there? Yeah, he's he's one of the the most efficient point guards in the league. He does not turn the ball over at all. Mm -hmm. He's like Corey Joseph on steroids. Like they don't turn, he does not turn the ball over. Yeah. So they're so incredibly efficient. And then, I, you know, again, I think Dylan Brooks is sort of the player that they modeled who they were going to go get everyone else. Mm -hmm. He's just so tough and he he's mean. And those are the guys that they go out and get. They find all these guys that play with a with an edge who aren't bad dudes, who aren't causing problems all over the place or, you know, getting themselves in trouble or out of control. They're just really tough from top to bottom, and and if you're going to beat them, you got to beat them. You got to play 48 minutes. You got to beat them. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick, Damien. I don't know if you uh, saw this over the weekend, but after the situation with Shannon Sharp, Dylan Brooks, that's when he said all that stuff. Did you see the video of him saying, it or did you just mm -hmm. read the quotes? No, I saw it. <laughs> did you see the tweet where the guy said <laughs> he looks like Shawn Michaels in 1987? <laughs> He had, he did look ridiculous. <laughs> he had like a tank top on, tucked in. Yeah, a not black, good. A black uh, yeah. on. Yeah, not good. <laughs> not good. That was hilarious. That was funny. But My Dylan man Brooks. got a tank top on, Shannon Sharp rocking a $3,000 <laughs> uh, uh, cardigan, and you're calling him pedestrian? Sir, no. Absolutely <laughs> not. Like 97 Shawn Michaels. He's getting ready for a street <laughs> fight against Triple H. I almost oh, got you man. guys. Like, there, I got hit with an ad, and it was for uh, I think it was for Target, and they had a bunch of like old school WWE action figures that were on. You should have bought them all. Yeah, they were like eleven bucks, and I think one of them was Shawn Michaels. That's why. Like, oh, oh man, yeah. what could have been? Damn. What could have been? Oh man, <laughs> but, man um, have action figures. Let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you this, James and. I mean, I don't know if I really got your take on it either. Maybe you can answer too. Are you annoyed by the Grizzlies? Because <laughs> they seem to be like top five most annoying teams in the NBA right now. They get under your skin. You know what bugs me about them is the the acting. Like mm -hmm. they like certain guys. Like I can deal with it. You know, I don't like that Luca is literally on the official the entire game. But at the same time, when I see him get fouled, he usually gets fouled hard, you know. But Jaw with the the head bobs and the like, he gets these foul calls because his hair's long and he's shaking it all over the place. <laughs> I always thought like when you're watching a boxing match and you see a guy with with dreads or with long hair, I always thought that that was such a disadvantage in boxing because it just showed everybody when you took a punch. Mm. Like I watched, oh look, he got hit. But with when it comes to jaw, like he just does it all the time. It's like he's just flopping mm. all the time. And you know, there's a couple of guys in the league that when they flop, uh, Alperin Shangun, my goodness, man! Like I don't think I've seen a dude flop like that. I mean, he was like Vlade, like <laughs> plus. Uh, wow. So those things kind of like wear on me because it's like just play the game straight up. You know, like if you can beat the guy against you one on one, go ahead and beat him. If he fouls you, he fouls you. That happens all the time, but make it so it's fair. It's it's you know uh, the one good thing is like Tony Brothers was here a couple of days ago. He won't be at this game, that so I, I don't think he'll be at this game. So I think, oh shoot, you know, like so I think that's a, a bonus for the Kings because that's never great. Uh, Sabonis had his twenty second straight double double. Uh, on Saturday, this I believe the first one with just points uh, and assist. The uh, second. Oh, it's the second one. Mm. Yeah, because he missed a triple double once before with nine rebounds. Oh, okay. So, 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 so he's got two. That's two more. I went back and checked. Kevin Love's. Kevin Love's fifty-three. Uh, did not have any points and assist. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to do some work and find out if Elgin Baylor's fifty-five. Uh, had points and assists because Elgin Baylor more than capable of having uh, double-digit assists. I don't feel like we're at the place where this streak is special to anybody but us. <laughs> when do you if if he do you think this streak gains some steam if he gets to like forty or something like nationally? 
Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. I mean, he leads the league in double doubles overall. I think the thirty is what was Dwight? Dwight was thirty three, I think. That that's the most recent. Yeah. Stretch. I mean, Kevin Love. It feels like it was years ago, but I mean, Kevin still, Love. I, I he's still in the, the league. Two thousand eleven. <laughs> it was the two thousand eleven. Okay. It so ended in Sacramento. Oh. Okay. The fun fact. I that's guess. yeah. He probably because they were up by he, forty. No, they actually lost sit. by twenty. They actually lost by oh. like thirty one in that game. Remember the Timberwolves? Ain't oh, no they good. weren't any good. That's right. He made the All Star team when they weren't good. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one of the rare sucked. exceptions. He played 14 minutes that game. Um, he had like three rebounds or something against Cousins, Jason Thompson, <laughs> Derek Williams, <laughs> JT got him. <laughs> JT got him. That that two man uh, wall that is uh, Jason Thompson and Derek Williams. Just huh? Can't could, believe that couldn't team do didn't anything make it. against them. Can't believe they didn't make it. I'm gonna find the box for it. I did. I did think it was it was about to be showtime when Derek Williams got here, though. Remember how he first came was in? That like Arizona? First, yeah, he was that Arizona? Yeah, he was Arizona. I didn't like him at at Arizona. Um, I actually knew his brother. I was like really good with his brother, and his brother's like, "Yo, my my brother's about to go number one." I was like, "Man, he I don't know about all that." But I didn't like people were going crazy over him. I didn't think he was gonna be that good in the NBA. But when he got to the Kings, and I think Isaiah Thomas was here at the same time, I was like, "Yo." It's going to be showtime. And it was not. <laughs> it was not. What was Derrick Williams' issue? <sighs> Derrick Williams had so much talent. He just didn't have the want to be great. Like, there there are a lot of guys that get in the league and they, they dig the NBA lifestyle, mm-hmm. but they're not ready for what it takes to be great physically and, and like, mentally. Like I, I, super athlete, very very nice guy. Mm. Like he was fun to have in the locker room, but it's really hard to like when your when your teammate can go for thirty one night and three the next, mm. and you just look over at him like, what just happened? You know, or like George Carl compared him to the Coke machine. That's mm. Derek Williams. You know, he literally looked at the box score and goes, "Man, even a Coke machine could have more than one rebound in thirty minutes." Uncalled for. And the only one that played 30 minutes and had one rebound was Derek Williams. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where some guys just don't have that. Like, they're they're tall guys that play basketball, not basketball players who happen to be tall. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he got there because of his gifts, but then he didn't want to do what it took to be that he next level. Yeah. yeah. He's actually, uh, I follow him on Instagram. He's, like, playing and... I don't know, somewhere in Spain. Doing a really good job. Good job for Derek Williams. I'm currently looking at uh, Legends, WWE Legends. <laughs> okay, AJ Styles. I don't know AJ Styles. Oh, yeah. The Ultimate Warrior, he sold out. Like, the, they sold out of his action figure. But mm-hmm. uh, they do have Shawn Michaels still available. What's Shawn Michaels wearing in this action figure? There's... Um, you have, I think you have choices. Oh, wow. It's got outfits. <laughs> yeah, you. it looks like what could be a sleeveless vest. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, he... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is looking like... Oh, this is... Um, oh, yeah, Kenny's is, all over this. This is Shawn Michaels when he first turned to Heartbreak Kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, Wearing, like, sensational the, Sherry Shawn Michaels. I zebra like it. pants. Well, uh, they also have um, Ken Shamrock. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Since James can't leave the WWE action figure thing alone, I couldn't leave this box score alone. I had to pull it up. I, I had to know. Demarcus is- Cousins that night. Uh-huh. One of two. Oh, my gosh. In 20 oh. minutes. Oh, so it was. I tried to figure out if he got taught. It doesn't look like he got thrown out of this game. <laughs> Wait. You said 2011. 2011. This isn't the Derrick Williams re- revenge game, right? No Derrick Williams here. We've oh. got... 23 points from Marcus Thornton. Oh, yep. little buckets. We've got 19 from Benno. Oh, Benno. Ooh. He had some moments. Samuel Dallenberg. 26 oh. points. Oh, he was Samuel Dallenberg. You know. He was going to work. He, Double uh, digits from Eugene Jeter and Dante Green as well. Hey, yo, shout out to my man, Pooh Jeter. He, you know, he got uh, a shoe store down in L.A. Dallenberg had such a rap coming to Sacramento. I loved covering Samuel Dallenberg. Mm. He was the nicest guy, and again, he had uh, he's from Haiti, 
but you know Haiti was I believe French uh, colony for a while, mm-hmm. so a lot of Haitians speak French. He had like deep accent. And then he talked with his hands and his arms. So he was always like all around you the whole time. It was like, holy cow, uh, because he was a tremendously large human being. And they had Whiteside and they had uh, DeMarcus Cousins at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like they had a bunch of big dudes. I think the 2011 Darnell Jackson was on that team as well. Mm. I'm fascinated by this basketball game. Not sure what happened with Cousins that game. I'm not sure what happened with Cousins or Kevin Love because it was a five, nine. It was a ten point game going into the fourth quarter, and then the Sacramento Kings outscored them forty two to twenty. So it wasn't a blowout until the fourth quarter. So that doesn't explain why. I mean, I guess Demarcus may have sat at the third and never went back in. Did he get tossed? I, it doesn't. It doesn't look like he got thrown out. It doesn't look like Kevin Love got thrown out. They didn't. It's not listed anywhere here. Um, hmm. People just really didn't care about that game. You know who was inactive <laughs> in that game? Hassan Whiteside. Oh, oh, he got hurt. <laughs> Hassan Whiteside was inactive for this game in 2011. Is it the end of the 2010-11 season? Yeah, it's yeah. the end of 2010. Okay, yep. so. Whiteside got hurt. Kings were seventeen and fifty-one. The Minnesota Timberwolves were seventeen and fifty-four. Oh my gosh! Okay. Whiteside was a second-round pick. I think it was the next. It was the next offseason. He came in. He gained forty-five pounds, and looked like he could go out in the parking lot and lift cars. Oh. Um, mm. And then the first day at camp, trashed his knee because he had gained so much weight. Uh, but not before he showed off his uh, his one move that he'd worked on all summer. And as soon as he started showing everybody the one move that he'd worked on all summer, they're like, hey, bro, that's a travel. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's not. They're like, hey, look what White says doing. Is that a travel or no? It's like, come on, man, that's a travel. Like all of them were like, bro, you that's the one move you worked on and it's a travel? <laughs> it's like, yeah, like that's a travel. That's a, that's a travel. You know, I was hearing those records and yeah. seeing everything that's going on. Yeah. I was about to say, I used to pray for times like this, oh. but no, 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 yep. not this week. Can't do it this uh, week. Uh. Imagine being so wrapped up in this football game, you can't listen to dreams and nightmares. Man, <laughs> this week. Sports, no, is a, sir. sports is a cold world. This is amazing. This, what did we say this game was? Like March? They have 17 wins, and here we are on January 23rd, and they have 26. Mm. Wow. That's my first year covering the team. Really? So that's Demarcus's rookie year? Because yeah. your first year was Demarcus. A, a year later, uh, seven of the players on that roster were no longer in the league. Yeah, that adds up. Given what we just looked at, Luther Head, <laughs> that, Luther that Darnell Jackson, yeah. uh, Dante Green was out of the league a year mm. later. Uh, Poo, um, yeah, a- mm. Antoine Wright. That that team had. Uh, well, oh, shouldn't that it? team have Tyreek Evans on there? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. What did he do? Uh, did he play? I, I closed it out. Oh. Yeah, he was good. Uh, oh, that night? No, he was out. Yeah, he didn't play that night. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, Jermaine Taylor. He's out of the league. Jermaine Taylor. Yeah, Jermaine Taylor had a lot oh, of gold. I can't remember Jermaine A lot Taylor. of gold. Marcus Thornton, um, like people Jermaine who watch Taylor. Marcus Thornton, he played defense like a toddler running down a hill. Like, oh you know how toddlers know. run with their hands way back behind and they're about <laughs> to fall and hit like. their face the whole time? That's how, that is exactly how Marcus Thornton played defense. Oh, man. And someone brought up uh, John Salmons. John Salmons wasn't on that team. It wasn't until the next season when they traded Baino and the number seven pick, which was Bismack Biambu, for uh, John Salmons and the number 10 pick, which became. Uh, the one and only Jimmer for debt. Nailed that mm. one. Right before the lockout. Our guy, <sighs> Dil Raj Singh, says love left in the second quarter with a groin injury. I greatly appreciate you looking that up because it wow. was absolutely going to bother me. Don't I just, this game did not make any sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> I appreciate the research staff in the chatty house uh, going to work. Uh, Mike Bibby's at the arena tonight. Yeah, oh, it's good stuff. Oh, good stuff. Seven thirty start uh, for the Kings and the Grizzlies. Everybody bring your sleeping bags. Of course. Seven thirty start. <laughs> <laughs> not funny, man. It's not funny at all. 
Uh, it's not funny at all. But if you're listening on ESPN 1320, if you're listening on 98.5 FM KRX QHD2, or if you're listening on the Odyssey app and you missed any part of today's show, don't go anywhere. We're going to run it back for you. Will Z, James Ham, Kenny Danson, we're running it back. Next on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Go Kings. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 